Hello everybody, welcome back to the show. My guest today is Sarah Safari. She's a fitness model, influencer, athlete, and a YouTuber. Many people dream of being young, fit, and famous. Lots of us are seduced by the idea of the attention that this brings. But what's the reality of being so exposed in a world filled with scrutiny, stalkers, and haters? Expect to learn what Sarah thinks about the muscle mommy movement, what makes women genuinely attractive, the biggest problem with dating Gen Z guys, Sarah's thoughts on the Bradley Martin versus Logan Paul fight, her top 10 exercises to build muscle, whether she would ever start an OnlyFans, and much more. I had a lot of fun talking to Sarah. She does not fit the airhead fit chick caricature that many people in that industry might accuse her of being. She is really, really funny, genuinely funny, and a very, very nice person. Also, you get a window into what the world of Gen Z is like, which is equal parts hilarious and terrifying. So yeah, get ready for that. Don't forget that you might be listening but not subscribed, and that means you will miss episodes when they go up. So if you want to support the show, and if you want to make me very happy indeed, just take two seconds and press subscribe on Apple Podcasts or Spotify or wherever else you are listening. Go on. I thank you. But now, ladies and gentlemen, please welcome Sarah Safari. Sarah Safari, welcome to the show. Hello, thank you for having me. How are you? Good, how are you? Very good, thank you. Talk to me about the muscle mummy movement. I'm hearing about it on the internet, that guys, there's like a move away from thin spo to fit spo to now muscle mummy, which is the step up. And even though you only just heard about the word today, it feels like you're part of that movement. Yeah, people have been commenting, like guys comment on my posts, like muscle mummy sometimes, and like... I'm not gonna lie, I kind of like it. But today was the first time that I've heard like women addressing themselves as muscle mommy or each other as muscle mommy. Gymshark did a muscle mommy t-shirt. Yes, and I was at the event and I, like even, you know, girls talking on the intercom or whatever, they'd be like, okay, muscle mommies, like let's keep pushing. And I was like, I've never heard this. Like I haven't heard like women addressing women as muscle mommies. I thought it was more of like a, like kind of, joking, flirty type thing that guys comment on girls' posts on Instagram. Taken the word and made it your own. So uh, (laughs) you're 23? 22. 22. You probably growing up would have seen body types change from, I guess, when you were maybe 11, 12, 13 through to now. For sure. Talk to me about like that ideal female shape and kind of the lessons that you talk about what an attractive woman is yeah physically over time for me growing up um at first i was really skinny and then through high school like i would always fluctuate in weight like i'd go anywhere from 130 pounds to 100 pounds um which is a pretty big difference when you already weigh like kind of low um but i would always be told by my mom like confidence is what makes you like most attractive like it's not what you look like it's who you are and how you carry yourself sorry (laughs) and so that's what you know I was taught growing up but for me personally if I ever saw a girl with abs I loved it I loved the look of it I thought it was like so 
I don't know, attractive to me. Like that's what I was aiming for. That's what I wanted. But I never knew how to get there. Like I didn't know like, oh, how does a girl get abs? Like I thought it was just all genetics. But no, diet comes into play. Working out comes into play. So. And now does this move? You remember when thigh gaps were a thing when everybody wanted a thigh gap bro yes i remember being at lunch in high school and like girls would look at each other and be like oh you have it oh you don't the most toxic thing ever and i remember like i didn't have one at the time or like i, I don't think i ever had one but i would go home and i'd like beat myself up about it because like girls would be pointing out how it's like good to have a thigh gap mm. and it's interesting like the internet's kind of become very obsessed physically with the way that people appear like both guys and girls yeah you know, guys are getting leg lengthening surgery you seen this i haven't Dudes heard get of that the, yeah they get the i'm pretty sure it's their shins extended yeah they break the shin stretch it a bit the bone regrows they break it again and keep on going and guys can add inches to their height and my point being that <laughs> people are like optimizing for really weird kind of not arbitrary but they're optimizing for like weird stuff yeah one of the things that nobody ever talks about is that sort of hotness or sex appeal that people have just from the way that they hold themselves yeah and from the way that they act i think that that has a huge amount of appeal to people even if you don't want to admit it i think if someone is confident it can make them from a six to an eight depending how they carry themselves i think for sure it can and obviously online dating and spending tons of time on instagram negates a lot of that like you don't get to see that yeah. even in a pose somebody can pose themselves in a sexy way oh and not have yeah. the com the confidence to be able to pull it off face to face and yeah. vice versa yeah for sure so you have managed to gain quite a bit of notoriety in a very short space of time i think the number one job or occupation that young kids in america say that they want when they grow up is influencer or youtuber uh, and in china it's astronaut or like some other some other court like something that's way less blame yeah <laughs> um talk to me about this rapid gain in status because for guys there's an obvious advantage at least on the surface yeah for more sure. people know me i have status girls will like me but for a girl to gain millions of followers in basically no time at all i don't know that that seems interesting to me that there's there's probably more advantages that people wouldn't see and then some disadvantages you wouldn't see as well. So what's that been like? Yeah, I think for me, I'm I'm not going to lie. I think the money has been a great, great part of it. But for me, I'm not someone who spends my money on materialistic things. Like I was just telling you how I have fake shoes on. Like they were a hundred bucks. You've blown it to the internet. Yeah, no, they know. I think if they know, they've watched my content, they know that I don't like splurge, you know? I, I save all the money I make. Like, sure, maybe I, when I go to In-N-Out, I can eat a little bit better. Like I can order the fries or order the four by four instead of just like the single burger. But for me, like the money's nice because now I know I have the power to, you know, if my mom needs a new car, I can be the one that does that for. Or like, you know, we're looking at, to like moving out, maybe getting a new house, I know that I can pitch in and carry my weight financially and something like that. Um, so I think just like not necessarily physically having the money, but having the peace of mind yep. of knowing that, you know, I can support myself or my family. And what's the increase in attention being like, you just came from this big Gymshark event that we were both at yeah. and you got swamped by men. You say that 90% of your audience is men. Yeah, it's all guys. Five foot three. Hey, five foot four. <laughs> Give me a break. Uh, you're a you're a small girl that's being surrounded by a shit ton of men. Yeah, like 
talk to me. Talk to me about this. Like this is this is in some regards like a nightmare scenario that girls literally would would hate. And then in other regards, this is the price of doing business for you. Yeah. For me, like today I realized how many people came up and was like, Sarah, like you're really funny. I love your content. And I think that's the best compliment for me to get is being like, oh, you're funny, or you know, it's more than just like oh, it's just like another hot girl on Instagram posting bikini pictures. Like if they find some kind of value from my content, even if it's just humor, like sure, I'm not giving anything educational, but if they are laughing while watching my videos or watching me fuck with Bradley or, you know, whatever it is, like that makes me happy. Because I know like after I watch like a Danny Duncan video or a Gideon video, like I feel good, you know, like I was laughing through the 10 minute video. So what about the negative sides of the attention? Have you had many? I've had some. I've had some, like, maybe the best not to say them, to not dress, like, very much attention to those things. But I've had some some weird or bad experiences with people. Um, but for the most part, it's all been good. I feel like regardless, whatever I involve myself with, even if I was, you know, using my degree and working a nine-to-five job, it wouldn't all be good. There would yeah. still be some bad bad days. There would be, you know, arguments with people I work with. There would be downfall uh, – downfalls in other in other aspects of you know working at an office from eight to five so i'm definitely seeing a move online of like uh this uh, one of the dudes from the uk made a video called the gym bro culture 2.0 and he was talking about the move from the more like ziz era exclusive body side stuff to a more holistic integrated it's life advice it's an older brother rather than a party friend type thing i would be interested i I definitely think if you look at the fitness world for girls it's still pretty trapped in the it's all about your condition your tan the size of the bikini uh and i wonder i don't know like if you have a personality as a girl who's also into fitness whether some people and this is the same for guys too whether they almost feel like if I let the weirder side out of me, that this is going to, I don't have many role models that do that. Or if I let the more intellectually curious side out of me, that this isn't what people want on the internet because all they want, I I need to be leaner, I need to be bigger. I can't show any personality. And it seems like, it feels to me a little bit like the tide's shifting with that. Yeah, no, for sure. I think think it is shifting. Um, I think that, you know, there's people on social media. I know there's one guy that works out at Zoo Culture and he does not have the traditional body type uh, like whatsoever, but he is the funniest person online. He is um, super caring. Like he'll always ask me like, hey, I want to do this bit. Like, would this be okay with you? Like, I want to be respectful of you. Would this be okay with you? Like, it's just, he crosses like all, you know, he checks all the boxes to make sure he does does a good job. And he's so funny online. His name's Felipe, but he is so funny. But in no ways would you look at him and think, oh, that's your typical like influencer yep. bodybuilder. Hmm. Talk to me about this new trend of girls TikToking guys looking over while they're doing videos. You spend a lot of time in the gym. Yes. You're in the age bracket. You're big on TikTok. You're big on social media platforms. Give me your lay of the land. What do you think about this trend? I, I think... I think sometimes guys looking at girls, depending on, you know, the age gap, I think the age gap does matter. I think, you know, if you're a 22-year-old girl and there's a 25-year-old guy, like, just, you know, glancing over here and there, like, without, like, constantly staring, you know, might be his way of shooting a shot or whatever. On the other hand, if he's 55 years old and, like, he's just continuously staring at you, 
that could be off. But then he also might be looking at you because you have a camera propped up and he's like, what is this girl doing? Like, I don't know what this is, you know, or he might want to try to not be in the frame. Why do you think this is happening? Why do you think that this trend is is occurring? Like, do you think that these girls actually feel this way? Honestly, no, I don't think I think that like, you know, sometimes maybe they catch it in the moment and they think like, oh, this is what's going to make me blow up. Because I see myself as a very like. I'm constantly aware of who's looking at me or my surroundings or whatever. Or, you know, if I'm walking out of the pool and I see a guy look a little bit too much, I'm like, can I help you? You know, I'm constantly (laughs) aware of that. But never have I been around other girls and I see them being that aware of things. Hmm. Not usually. I feel like girls aren't usually that that aware of it. And I suppose when you're videoing yourself and you watch it back and you go, oh, oh like, oh, God, that's um. your external awareness almost. Yeah. Yeah. So here was the thing that I thought when that that main huge video went out and yeah, the girl did think? it and then she did the re- apology and a Joey Swole like found his new content arc. Mm-hmm. Um, what happened there was <clears throat> people that spend a lot of time on the internet use other stories from the internet as a guide, a guardrail and a guideline for how they should behave as well. Lots of girls looked at that situation. And if you'd said to me, if you'd just shown me the video in isolation, I couldn't see the comments, I couldn't see the likes, and said, what do you think's the response to this? It could have gone either way. I could have seen it as a coin toss that the internet would have flamed the guy and said, that's too much, that's out of order and sided on the sort of victim hypersensitive side. Yeah. Or they could have gone the way that they did go, which is he looks over three times in 90 seconds, you're pointing a camera at him and you're shorter in your ass. Yeah. What did you expect? And you can't do a glute bridge. Like, <clears throat> what do you expect? Yeah. So what happened, the way that I saw it, and this is kind of why it's so interesting. Lots of people that spend lots of time on the internet look at situations like that that are kind of landmark opportunities for a common scenario to play out online. And they use the way that that fallout occurs as a barometer for how they should feel if it happens in their life in future. Yeah. And beca- I see, yeah. Because the pushback was there, lots of girls now realize that, oh, if a guy looks over three times in 90 seconds while I'm doing a glute bridge, maybe that's the sort of thing that I don't need to be too concerned about. The problem is it could have gone the other way. And that now lowers the ceiling for guys to be scared that if they look over too much, whether they mean to or whether they don't, that they're going to be in trouble. But the other one is it makes an increasingly fragile generation of young girls who feel victimized and concerned if a guy does look over well i saw this video on tiktok and the whole internet said that they need to if this happens that that's unspeakable and i've heard about the dangers of me too and i shouldn't walk alone at home at night Uh, uh, this is too much so it almost you're almost outsourcing your anxiety level to the internet yeah and it's purely by fortune and you know like the way that the internet responded that that didn't reset most gym girls' expectations, that that's something to be scared or offended by. Yeah. But also coming from the other, you know, other side, I I can see myself, like, if a guy is squatting, I could see myself looking over, not because I'm trying to hit on him, but because I'm like, wow, like, his form is so good, or wow, he's breaking 90 degrees, or his knees are being pushed out very well, or that's a lot of way, like, oh, how many reps is he going to go for? I can I t- totally do that in a non like sexual way whatsoever. How do you hit on guys at the gym? Have you ever had to do it? No, I no? don't. I, it's just all inbound for you I in zoo like, culture. No, I'm not 
not saying it's all inbound. But I'm saying that like, I don't think the gym is necessarily where I'd want to be approached. So I don't think I'd want to approach someone in the gym. Why wouldn't you want to be approached in the gym? You like Bro, the gym? It is the only two hours out of the 24 hours that I get to enjoy. Why? What else are you doing for 22 hours? Laying in bed, doing homework, eating, true, sleeping. Like it's my like two hours of like, you know, Friday nights, people like, you know, go out with their homies, have a good time. That's every day for me from the hours of 11 to 1 at the gym. What about when you finish your master's? What are you going to do then? Maybe I'll get a PhD. <laughs> I'm kidding. Well, talk to me about this. Okay, so how much harder has dating been for you with all of this attention? You can't go, it's going to be like if you go for dinner with somebody, if you go out on a date with somebody, the difficulties increased exponentially and now it's all over Snapchat. Yeah, I, yeah. It has made things harder for sure. Um, especially if like, you know, the person you're seeing or you're with doesn't do what you're doing. So they don't understand that sometimes like, for me, like I don't drink, but going to an event, sometimes I have to go because I think like, oh, what about the business connections I could make from going to that event or the people I could meet or whatever, not in a, you know, not in a relationship intimate way, but in a business relationship type way. And I feel like sometimes it's hard for, you know, people that aren't doing this to be like, well, no, you don't have to go to that or you don't have to go to Vegas for this or you don't have to go to Miami for that. And I'm like, well, no, I don't have to, but I feel like there would be connections there if I did go. Also, I suppose if someone isn't in the industry, they get injected into this level of surveillance yeah. and scrutiny that you have that they didn't sign up for. Yeah. And now you're like, oh, why don't we go see Oppenheimer or whatever? And you go, oh, by the way, people might like, come up and ask you to take a photo of them with me. Yeah. Yeah, that's interesting. Talk to me about guys your age. It's like this a, a fucking moral panic on the internet yeah. about Gen Z men, especially. They're pathologically fapping their way through a monster energy-fueled video game and porn binge. Like, what, what are Gen Z guys like? The ones that you either grew up with or sometimes try and speak to with regards to dating or, or, or anything? What, how do you categorize them? How do you classify them? I feel like there's a lot of growing to do from the ages of, from the age of 22 to like 27 for men. And I think, you know, 22 year old men just aren't there yet necessarily. And I think that I am, I'm pretty mature for my age. Um, and I think the guys that I've countered for the most part just aren't there yet. They're just immature, maybe caught up with kind of a younger mindset. Yeah. So what are they doing? Like, what are they, what are they prioritizing? What are they concerned about? I think they prioritize friends a good amount, which isn't a bad thing. I'm just saying friends a lot, partying, going out, you know, drinking. Mm. I wonder how much of that's an LA thing. I think a good amount of it might be an LA thing. I think if you go like to a rural rural town in Kansas, maybe it's not as much. Yeah. Have you heard of slow life strategy? Do you know about this? Slow life strategy? Yeah. So <clears throat> there's a... It seems at the moment, based on the data, that Gen Z, both guys and girls, a little bit younger than you, um, you would probably be at the very front of this wave, um, getting their driver's license later, moving out of home later, uh, getting a job later, uh, not partying as much, not drinking as much, not taking drugs. So they've got generalized risk aversion. They're not doing the risky things that previous generations of that age would, but they're also not even really doing the adult things. Like the number of 16 to 20 year olds who don't have a driver's license is the highest ever. Like, really? You think COVID had a, like, yeah, a pushback maybe. in that? 
maybe maybe it could be that people just became more isolated stopped if that's your formative years if you're 15 and covid hits and you're 18 and covid finishes you've just grown up all you can remember basically being the person that you are is this hermit at home playing Fortnite or whatever um but what it makes me think about is what when these people do need to grow up you mentioned young guys could do with maybe growing up a little bit more quickly yeah if they want a chance and (laughs) it makes me wonder whether that's going to keep getting pushed further and further hopefully not but i don't know it's uh i think for me one of the biggest turn-ons or pluses a guy can have is being motivated or like dedicated to something even if that's plumbing you know just something that like every day you want to do and work towards to being better at you know whether that's the gym or a job like plumbing or being a dentist or being an astronaut like whatever you know just something to work towards rather than just kind of laying back and like kicking your feet up and just enjoying day by day I think it's like that's great and everything but I think you have to have something that every day you're trying to improve drive and motivation and ambition, I think, are very sexy. And competence yes. as well. Yeah. Like, if you can manage to hit the sweet spot with a partner of someone who you are attracted to, but you admire as well, holy fuck. Like, you've got a, a partner that's your role model. Yeah. Like that's an unbelievably potent cocktail, I think, for attraction. Um, I didn't, I, It's so strange to think about what that is for girls. Because, you know, guys can just go out and get their drive and, and do the things that typically are sort of masculine traits. Be very interested in what the equivalent is for a girl. You know, like what is it that a guy would find in feminine traits that they want to absorb into themselves? Do you know what yeah. I mean? I don't know. One time I was on Brad's pod and I was like, oh, like I don't cook or clean. And then everyone was like, I still don't live those comments down. I'm like, okay, I've been practicing now, but I will never live those comments down. Like, oh, like why would you ever want her? She can't cook or clean. Jesus Christ. We just get a maid. If you're that yeah, bothered, like you don't like, need a wife, you need a maid. Yeah. I was like, bro, I'm not going to, I mean, I don't think I could ever see myself doing someone else's laundry. Maybe my mother's, but my partner's never. Well, you just need to earn a bit more money and then you can pay the maid to do yeah, it. Yeah. I'm like, bro, I'll pay someone to do it. I, I wasn't opposed to a house chef. I'm so just- I think, I think, <laughs> I think part of that is, is that they associate a lack of willingness to do traditional household things with, uh, non-traditional relationship that is just not going to be as as enjoyable it's an, a less feminine uh, sort of woman yeah and the polarity between masculinity and femininity what well, the, the subtext is i'm not doing the washing you are yeah right which is and guys are like whoa, whoa, like, whoa, whoa. Oh, fuck yeah, exactly bitch. if you're not doing it i'm definitely not doing it yeah right so i do understand and i do think you know there's lots of talk about masculinity and and stuff like that what about the other side of the fence? Are you seeing challenges that young girls have with femininity at the moment of like finding their role within the world, whether they should be a trad wife or a like a sex positive sleep around girl, party girl, whether they should be a hermit? I don't know. I think it's hard, especially with social media. And like most of the girls you see on social media are like, you know, there's there's two sides of it, of course, but there's a lot of like, um, like sex symbols you see on social media or even if it's not like sex symbols you see like these hot beautiful girls that may or may not have had work done but in swimsuits or whatever and 
for a lot of people, it's hard to like you would never get there, but like that's who you see on a daily basis on your phone. So that's that's what you want or that's mm. what you want to strive towards. But yeah, so I think it's hard to say what kind of what ex like extent to femininity girls look for. But I think it social media hasn't made it easier. It's confusing. It's confusing for sure. And look at some of the role models that were held up as okay. So this is really, really where you know this is someone that's charging forward and really getting it right. Lizzo fighting for girls oh all over God. the place. Yeah. And then the bottom falls out and it turns out that she's making her dancers eat bananas out of strippers' vaginas. Yeah. Weight shaming all of the people as this champion for body positivity. And Ellen DeGeneres as well. Turns yeah. out that she's a total prick to work with. Um, yeah. It's like, and it's the people that you would think that were like the most understanding that turned out to not be. I don't know whether it's people that you would think I think it's people that, that portrayed themselves. Yeah, that precisely correct. Yeah, people that portrayed themselves to be like the most understanding or accepting of everyone. It's that like turned out the, to be the shittiest. It's like the senator that's pushing the hardcore anti-gay legislation that goes home and secretly watches gay, gay porn, porn yeah, on right. a VPN. Right. Yeah. Um, it's. I, I think it's fascinating, and it, there's a part of that. You know the because people's actions are way less visible than their words online. Like yeah. the thing that you tweet is way more important than the thing that you did because no one sees the thing that you did, but they see the thing that you tweeted. tweeted. Yep. So when you look at the people that are the most forthcoming about being virtuous or morally grandstanding or I'm holier than thou, when you see that, that to me a lot of the time signals there's probably something going on there unless I can really, really prove it. And I didn't see it with Lizzo. Not that I, I'm not like a Lizzo scholar. Um, but You're a Lizzo fan. Yeah, I, I didn't look at her and see, yeah, this is someone who's really working hard to try and find the next like frontier yeah. for uh, female body empowerment or yeah. something like that. It seemed like someone doing a grift. It seemed like yeah. someone that had managed to Publicity capture stunt yeah, or... that had managed to capture a particular narrative and was just leaning into it. Yeah. Brad versus Logan. Who wins? Yo, Brad's gonna flame me if I don't say Brad's gonna win. Uh, in a street fight? No, in the ring. In, a in the ring. In, a in boxing. the boxing. Okay, see, so you made it harder. That's the fight that they're talking about, no? No, Brad was talking about street fight. Like, yo, I'm 260, pull up outside the gym, I'll rock your shit. Okay. Who wins in the street fight? Brad. In the ring, Logan. You managed to pull that fence out of your yeah, ass somehow. Thank you. Yeah. Don't well, kick me off raw gear, Brad. <laughs> <laughs> I'm kidding. But Brad is like obscenely strong too. He's yeah. quick. He's stronger than Chris Bumstead, right? They had Seba yes. on the podcast and Brad was like, yo, don't compare our numbers because it's not fair. I was like, hang on, yeah. we're talking about a world champion. I trained with Chris. Chris is a, an, he's one Animal, of those guys yeah. that's got big hands. Like, you, dude, you've even, you, your hands are even muscular. Yeah. Um, so yeah, he is strong, but I don't know. I mean, Brad better get on that cardio game if he wants to try yeah. and do five or eight rounds. He's strong and he's also like a weirdly athletic. Like he can do like weirdly high box I've jumps or like, like, I don't know. I just. Do you think he'd do it? Do you think he would actually go for a Brad? boxing fight? Yeah, with Logan. With Logan, probably, because now Logan has called him out. Brad would look like a Brad would look like a wimp if he didn't. But Logan hasn't said that he'll do it personally. He said he had found someone for Brad to fight. 
right? Uh, I don't Remember? know. I didn't. I didn't dig into the the specifics of it, but I know that they'd had beef. Yeah, and they had like Twitter beef, which feels old school for people that are kind of yeah. Instagram and and YouTube stars. I seem so high school. A little bit, <laughs> but I'd love to see that. Yeah, I think it would be an insanely like good PR for both of them. They both bring clout to the table, like. Yeah. Everybody, OGs. yeah, everybody loves them equally. Like yeah. different camps love them equally as well, which is For interesting. Sure. What's your, what do you, you went to the Jake Paul fight yeah. the other week. What do you make of this world of, with uh, Bryce just won a bare knuckle fight? I, that was which crazy. Was the first thing that I've ever, the first uh, situation I've ever seen Bryce get into, I didn't even know he was doing bare knuckle. And then he goes up against a guy who's been doing a good, a good bit and wins. Yeah, he wins. I think he technically won due to an injury, but he wins. Yeah, he won. But he called it too. Bryce was like, I'm going to win in round two, and he won in round two. Fair play. Would you do it? You want to step in the ring? Bare knuckles? No, just boxing. I would do boxing. I'd fight someone. Who do you want to, who do you want to fight? Who do you hate? There's no do you have any I, enemies? There's no one that I hate, per se. There's been people, I think, that have hated me. Who's your biggest beef been with? I haven't personally had beef. Who's beefed with you the most? Who's beefed with me? Yeah. I don't know if I can... I don't know. I don't want to bring attention to her. Go on. She All doesn't right. deserve it. All right. You can, just punch beef- her, you can just punch her in the face. And Bro, I'm telling you right now, I would cut down to her weight and I'd beat the shit out of her. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm kidding. But I think that... Um, I would definitely, I think it'd be dope to do like an influencer boxing type thing. Like people who haven't fought before getting in the ring, same weight class, you yeah. know, both had three months, six months training leading up to the fight and then fighting each other. Yeah. That'd be dope. Doesn't have to be bare knuckles, like a little boxing. And It's so funny how the world of combat sports now has really been reshaped by it. Right. You know, I... You've got Francis Ngannou and Tyson Fury fighting each other, you know, a UFC legend up against the greatest living heavyweight fighter, potentially the greatest ever. And I don't think that that would have happened had KSI Logan Paul not happened and yeah. had uh, Mayweather McGregor not happened. And if you track it all the way back, it was two British guys forever, ever, ever ago, like yeah. seven or eight years ago or something that, that kicked it all off. And now you've got, who's Logan's next fight? Dylan Dennis. Yeah. And then KSI's fighting some guy I don't know. He's like big, uh, big time, but I don't know him. Okay. Point being, before it was, we can't believe that these influencers are coming in and ruining the, the sweet science of boxing. Yeah. And now downstream, the purest boxing people are following the model. Well, fighting the influencers. Precisely yeah. correct. Right. So funny. Because I think that at the end, it's a win-win for everyone. Because more, you know, the influencers bring a little bit, a different crowd, the younger crowd, they bring a little bit more PR to it, whatever it might be. I think they bring a different audience to it that, you know, helps them both, sells tickets, gets pay-per-view watches. It's entertainment as well. Yeah, it's entertainment. And you know when people say this is getting like WWE and they're talking about baseball or they're talking about NFL or whatever, or NBA. I realized this the other week. What they mean is, or what happened was, WWE essentially took the sport element out of sport and all that you had to do was reverse engineer the best way to create the rivalry. And then we'll, you don't need to worry about the outcome of the contest because we already know what's going to happen because we can write that. Right. So when people say this is becoming like WWE, what they mean is 
they found the model of how to create a rivalry and this rivalry is starting to look like that. So yeah. really all it is is these people in NBA or whatever zeroing in on a really, really heated rivalry that compels people. I don't think it's fair necessarily to say this is becoming like WWE. Yeah. They split tested for you know decades and decades the best. Oh, we're going to have the heel. We're going to have like the redneck guy. We're going to yeah. have the clean cut heartthrob. We're going to yeah. have the renegade artist. We're going to have the Mexican dude that's got the hat, the Rain face mask on. Yes. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So you just have this very effective way at garnering attention in a yeah. sport. And you don't need to worry about the sport. And now we're seeing it get across. And you've seen uh, Drive to Survive, which was the Formula One thing. Uh, Full Swing, which was for golf. Breakpoint, that was for tennis. Quarterback, now that's all about uh, NFL. And people are interested in what's going on behind the scenes, which is exactly why you have to post 140 Snapchat, Snapchat. photos again yeah. every single day. People care about more than just like an Instagram picture here or there. They care about what you're doing. Yeah. I've asked this question to a bunch of different people. If you only had 10 exercises for the rest of your life to hold on to as much muscle or build as much muscle as you could, which ones would you choose and why? 10 exercises? 10 exercises. It can be anything you want, but you've only got 10. Okay, let's start off. Leg press. Okay. For, you know, you can do different variations in it. You can hit like different parts depending on how you put your legs. RDLs. Barbell, dumbbells, single leg. Barbell, RDLs. Barbell RDLs is hardcore. Okay, cool. Yeah. Okay. Military press with the barbell. Military press, Seated? shoulder press. No, standing. So you can brace your core. I mean, you only get 10 exercises here. Okay, right. Yeah, yeah. So you've made an ab exercise out of a shoulder exercise. Right. Good. Okay. Um, yep. Incline dumbbells. <laughs> Every single person has said incline dumbbell press. Yeah. Chest press? Yeah. Yeah. Phenomenal. Yeah. Yeah. Can't go wrong. Yep. That's full. Right. Gosh. Okay, what are... Is it decline or incline? I always confuse myself. When you lean back a little bit and you do the curls. I think that's technically incline, but I know exactly what you yes, mean. Yes, because I always mess it... I know yeah. what you mean. Yeah. Those curls with dumbbells. Supinated? So like from neutral to supinated or do you keep it... Because some people keep it locked out like that. And I keep it locked out like that. Yep. Yeah, so it's almost like a, I think it's called like a Y curl. Yeah. While you're here. Yes. Those suck so hard and you're so weak on those. You know, at the bottom of the movement and it's. You flex your tricep at the bottom. Five kilos. Yeah. And you go, yep. and then it Love starts them. moving. Okay, that's Love five. Them. So we've got. Five. Leg press, RDLs with a barbell, military press, standing, incline, dumbbells. chest press yeah. with dumbbells. That last one you just that said, last, wide, the wide, wide, whatever that is. Okay, right, so we're halfway okay. through. Halfway through. Smoked. Legs are okay. Oh. Chest's okay. Shoulders are okay. Biceps, right. A weighted pull-ups for back. Okay. Uh, that's, I think, maybe one of the only back exercises I need. Overhand, underhand, neutral. Oh, I'm not a pussy. Come on. Overhand. Okay. okay. Chris Bumstead said neutral. Oh, fuck. Uh, I mean uh, neutral. Right. That's six. Okay. Uh, so Gosh, this is hard. Hammer curls to hit the other head okay. of the bicep. Right, okay, yeah. Standing, hammer curls. Uh-huh. It's a lot of biceps now with the pull-ups, with the two sets of curls. Okay. Yeah, we're good with biceps now. Yeah, no more biceps. I think I'm going to have to do lateral lateral raises for shoulders. Yep. Oh, my God. I didn't hit any triceps. 
Do I have one we've more got, exercise? We've got two left, I think. Two left? Yeah. Um, Skull crushers? Yeah, tell you what, uh, I forgot that I did five years ago and then rediscovered it the other day. Uh, lying skull crushers. So going to the floor and taking it from the floor as opposed to going from a bench. Because oh. you can go from a dead stop and it means that if you need to fail, you can always, you, you, you're never scared of literally smashing yourself in the face. Yeah. Or, falling off the back of the bench yeah uh and it feels really comfy you know sometimes if you bring your feet up on a bench and you feel like you I'm feel gonna, wobbly a little I'm bit fall yeah off. um yeah okay skull crushes so you got one left from all of that and then i think i'm gonna have to do hanging leg raises for abs yep. yeah that's the most popular abs exercise as well yeah ryan terry uh chris bumstead both of them it's one of those weird things everyone trains everyone's kind of got a confusion around training abs and all the people that have got good midsections. Yeah, everyone always asks me, what's your like ab workout? And I'm like, maybe once a week, I'll either hit decline sit-ups, you know, with like a weight with 10 pounds, or I'll do hanging leg raises. But um, most of it is just like even bracing my core in any other workout. Um, I do vacuums or just what you eat. Well, you, I think you came into training pretty underfed yes right for you were sure. crazy crazy talk through that like where you were at body wise and then sort of your progression of training in the gym yeah so i was going through a hard time i was like the lowest i had ever weighed i was 100 pounds and i was very insecure with myself um i would always wear baggy clothes because i hated how like i felt like i just looked sick like that's how skinny i was i remember my meals would like a mcdonald's little burger like off the dollar menu and i'd large coke would be my meal for the day and that's all you'd eat that's all i would eat i remember at 7 p.m usually i'd get up and go get that and then drive around the town for an hour and go back home like my mental health just was so poop it was crappy and i think that went on for about six months and then i was it was just like a switch i was tired of spending literally every hour in bed and like just moping around, low energy, low confidence. And then I was like, you know what? Like I have nothing better to do. Might as well hit the gym. Was there a moment? Was it, or was it just a progression over time of becoming increasingly fed up with that? I don't think there was a moment per se, but I think I just got tired of feeling so shitty. Like I was tired of feeling tired and, and like I was just so unhappy with myself. How old were you? I was 20. Yeah, about two years ago, 20. Mm -hmm. um, and then I remember, I literally remember like what I was wearing that day. And I remember the drive to the gym to sign up for the gym membership. Um, I, saw, I remember I wore glasses. I didn't think like, I was like, I'll get the membership today and I'll start tomorrow or whatever. I went in, I got the membership. And then I started that same day. I wore my glasses to work out, whatever. I just, it was weird, but I remember it. And then um, I worked out and then I went home and I was like, well, I had seen TikToks like right after you work out, you have to eat something like high protein. Like I'm going to eat like half a piece of salmon. And I was like, well, anything is better than like a McDonald's burger at this point. So I remember I was just like, I would learn a little bit on TikTok. I'd learn a little bit from my brother. I'd learn like people that just work out. I would talk to them, try to pick their brain about like how I can improve like everything all at once, like my nutrition, my workouts, everything. So it was just like a mix of TikTok, talking to people that helped me kind of get to where I am. 
And within like maybe six, seven weeks of working out, I think I really had it dialed. So I picked it up very fast, relatively, you know, trained, trained with intensity from the beginning, um, would push myself. I remember it was when I started, like you'd still have to wear face masks at the gym. I remember I'd like, sometimes I would have like. Oh uh, shit. Yeah. So this was during COVID. Yeah. It was 2020 when I started. It was um, May of 2020. In the midst of it. Yeah. Wait, May of 2020 or 2021? Might be 2021. I think it was 2021. still in the midst of it. Yeah. It was 2021, yes. Yeah. What was most difficult? Or what, what advice would you give to girls that are unhappy with their body or guys that are unhappy with their bodies? Like, you know, there's a lot of challenges in overcoming. There's a lot of, even if you did get some advice from TikTok. Yeah. Most of it is horse shit. Uh, regardless of who you are, I think you need to implement some type of physical activity for an hour and a half a day. You know, 45 minutes to an hour and a half, depending on the level of intensity. But whoever you are, however old you are, even if that means going outside and walking, you know, um, for me, it's like the gym is something that I, it's not a chore. It's gotten to the point that it's the two hours of the day that I enjoy, like I was telling you earlier. Like I look forward to like going to the gym. Um, regardless of your age, you need to work out, do some kind of physical activity, train with intensity, whatever. You train on your own. Yeah. Because obviously, in a lot of the content that you put online, there's it'll Brad guys yeah. will be around, or the, there's a videographer, right? Yes, right. Um, I prefer training on my own. There was a point when I first started, I would be like, "There's no way in hell I'm going to the gym by myself. Like this is peak embarrassment. I need yeah. someone there," which is totally fine. Like, do that. Go with a go with a friend, or go with a brother, or sister, or parent, or whoever. Um, but I'm at the point now where I like training alone. You know, I, it's like my alone time. I don't know. I enjoy on my own. But when I do film or whatever, it's like usually my rest day and I'll go and I'll film at Zoo a YouTube video. Uh, okay. Because if you filmed on a training day, you'd have to sacrifice training to get the content. Right. Yeah. So I just go on. If you're online. not training, there's no pressure. Exactly. Right. What are you doing outside of that? Outside of working out? Um, I sleep about 10 hours a night. Is that strategic or do you just... Strate uh, strategic. Muscle right. grows in your sleep. Okay. Yeah, but 10 hours is like... It's pretty intense. Yeah, but... I don't know how many 22-year-old million-plus influencers are saying, and I sleep 10 hours a night and then train for two hours a day. Sleep That's matters, guys. Sleep matters. Okay. Okay, eight to ten. Okay. It's not always ten, but it's usually it's well, never. See, when you join the Whoop team, I'll know, and you can't lie to me anymore. Okay, perfect. No, it's always, always at least eight. Never, never less. Okay. Um, I do still go to school. I only have eight weeks left, so I do that in my free time. I, I'm not gonna lie to you. I am on my phone probably eight to ten hours a day. What are you doing? I'm mindlessly scrolling and I try to trick myself thinking like I respond to emails. I respond to emails like use it for work too. Yeah, it's work too. But I also convince myself that if I keep scrolling, something will inspire me. Have you got your screen time? Let me see. Do you track screen time on that? You know, in the settings? Yeah. I want to see. God, I'm, this is going to be embarrassing. I want to see the app breakdown of what's happening here. It's actually down from last week, so let's not be too judgmental. Daily average is seven hours and six minutes. 
he peaked with oh, Sunday's a big day. Sunday's Sunday's nearly twelve hours. Uh, see all activity. Okay, so messages thirteen hours. Instagram ten hours. Snapchat eight hours. TikTok four hours. Safari mail YouTube messages. What are you I doing? Don't know on messages? what I'm doing on messages. Group chats. No, I mean maybe talking to fucking shitty business people. Not all shitty, but some shitty. Yes, many shitty business. Many people. shitty business people. I that's think... what I. I was so dumb to like when I first started thinking like anyone had my best interest at heart or like just wanted to genuinely help. Why? I don't know. I feel like a lot of people try to scam, not scam, but finesse, finesse. Yeah, such a good word. Um, I wonder how much of it is the way that you present as well. It's like a relatively friendly girly girl and someone sees this opportunity to try and outwit a yeah. 21, 22-year-old who probably doesn't have really any idea what's going on. And I wonder whether the equivalent thing would happen with a dude. It doesn't. I feel like in social media fitness space, I feel like from what I've heard and everything, maybe men get, you know, respected a little bit more. I think they probably get, it's harder to break through and get paid because the way that you can monetize... Good-looking girls, especially in the fitness space, can monetize guys and girls. Good-looking guys really only monetize guys. Yes, but then I feel like you're right in the monetization aspect, but also in the brand partnership aspect, I think guys are treated a little bit better. In terms of packages? In, in terms of money, yeah. Yeah, that's interesting. I think just more respected. Even personally, I haven't had an experience with the brands I work with, but I'm saying I've heard my friends like, you know, due to their engagement or whatever, she like she should be getting paid more. And then I know a guy is below her on engagement, following everything, hmm. and he's getting paid more all more than she is. And I'm like, well, this is just she's getting finesse. Yeah, it's an interesting one. I mean, I read this stat the other day that said by 2030, women are going to control 50% of global capital. So women are already 80% of consumer purchases. Yeah, I think that's skewed a lot because if mothers are having to do the shop, yeah, of course. You know, yeah, that's that's every cute. mother is going to yeah. be the one in charge of shopping for baby stuff. And then plus they're going to get the groceries inside. It does kind of skew that number. Um, but increasingly, I think women are going to have the spending power, which means that the way that marketing's done is going to have to it's going to have to be adapted it's definitely going to have to be adapted and i think we're already seeing it i think you know brands like bud light miller light you know have tried to do something that seems more pro female but remember what we were saying before like we can call it the lizzo effect of doing something that looks that ostensibly the window shopping is yeah we care Behind the scenes, I don't think anybody really thought that Bud Light cared about Dylan Mulvaney or that Miller Light cared about the fact that they used to do a, a mud wrestling ad. Right. I think they saw it as... I mean, the Dylan Mulvaney thing... Oh, fuck it, I'll say it. A lot of people had a problem with the Dylan Mulvaney thing because it was Bud Light finally showing the like woke cooked blue pill bona fides that they'd been hiding from everybody all along. But the group of people who largely were saying that are also a group of people that will say things like, don't cancel Jordan Peterson because of one bad thing that he said. 
Yeah. So don't judge some of my favorite content creators based on one out of context small sample. But then they're flipping it and this judging brand a brand that's been by, around for right. decades and does this one thing. And maybe maybe they're right. And I'm open to them being right. Yeah. That Bud Light secretly did hate all every every straight person on the planet. They hated them for decades and they were just waiting for the opportunity. Or a small gifting to a poorly chosen influencer who's not super popular amongst a very, very large cohort of the country was given some cans with their face on them. And I think that like the much less conspiratorial version of that seems to be the one that to me is most likely. And if you want to have the grace of, you know, don't cancel people for just one thing that they said, I do think that you should consider extending that to and now it's there's a lot it's easy to dunk on it right and this is an unpopular thing to say because it's way easier to say but like went woke and now they're gonna go broke and yeah th- th- now they're doing um it's like almost trendier to like hop on and hate rather correct. than be like wait maybe be you reasonable know, maybe like it was a one-time thing let's not cancel a whole brand even though we've been drinking the product for decades yeah. You know, yeah, because over... Kid Rock shot them with an AR-15. Like, we don't need to... And right. don't get me wrong. Like, I think it was a shitty move. I'm not a fan of Dylan Mulvaney. I don't think that that person is a good actor. Uh, but I also think if you want people to extend, uh, like, a cancellation refund request to some of your favorite influencers and some of the cultural commentators online, that you should probably consider doing it for brands as well. Yeah, for sure. And it's like a a reasonable position to be in. Have you been near any cancellation stuff? You can't get count. You just lift things. I don't think, I think the closest maybe was the whole like, oh, I'm not going to learn how to cook or clean. Oh, canceled because she can't make a spaghetti meat- meatballs. And I can cook. I'm just saying I can't like cook anything crazy. I can make spaghetti and meatballs, you know? I can't selling, cook as good as se- my mom. You're, you're, you're selling yourself as a, as a wifey now. Yeah, I'm learning. I'm trying to, Brad told me I need to hire my equity. Or like my stock, okay. hire my stock. Okay, you know, learn how to cook and clean. So then, right, Brad's coaching you off. on how to become yeah. a high value woman. Right. Good spaghetti meatballs. Great at laundry. Yeah, can sweep the floor. Blah blah blah. I'm learning. I yeah, can that's do... that's pretty high value. My issue isn't that I can't do it. It's that like right now I don't necessarily always have the drive to do it. <laughs> to sweep the floor and do the laundry and cook. But I'm open. I've been learning to cook, and I can clean. Look at you trying to salvage yeah, your. I'm trying to salvage eligibility I... to yeah. <laughs> the entire internet. I'm like, please come and date me. What are you hoping to be able to do next? Like, what would be? You've got this degree that you're about to finish. You can do lots of different things. It seems to me like you're not. You don't want to just start an OnlyFans or start taking like booty pictures and and go down that line no i'd rather just be canceled before i did any of that or like you know deleted off everything rather than do that is there ever a temptation to overly sexualize yourself no but i can totally for me there's not genuinely there's not but i can see the appeal of why there is for women your likes have gone to like your likes have plummeted, whatever, shadow band, whatever you want to call it. So you're like, okay, whatever. I'll put on a swimsuit, turn around, and take a picture by the pool. You know, I could see the appeal. Bang. The algorithm's back up, bro. Like, we have, we, the likes are back to normal. But, like, I genuinely think for women, 
the second you start posting pictures of, you know, your ass, mostly, you know, or like a hu- huge cleavage pics, whatever it is on Instagram, pictures of you in a, you know, nice covering dress will never perform as well as they did when you're posting your ass or tits. So I did a podcast probably about three, probably about three years ago with a female adult actress in the UK. And I was asking her about the typical career progression of girls that go into this industry. And she'd been in it for like a decade. She's like a old, oh, she'd yeah. won awards. Don't There's know awards for that? Apparently. I don't Did know what you know? for. I Did don't you know watch? what for. <laughs> I didn't see. I didn't watch either the awards or the content that was submitted. I think it was like a Sundance film festival. It must have been. Uh, anyway, so I was asking her and she basically said that there's a hierarchy of um, intensity to different kinds of porn scenes. So I think it was like solo, girl on girl, guy on girl, like all the way down to like anal, DP, like it descends deep. Pun not intended. And I kind of feel like there's an equivalent stack intensity thing to the kind of content. And I don't think that guys can do the same thing. It's like yeah. it's a topless photo for a guy. Sometimes you look better, like actually you look better with a shirt on. Right? And you yeah. could be in good condition, but you could look cooler with a shirt on. Yeah. It does feel to me a little bit like, you know, as much as we've got this, women are at 35% of CEOs, new CEOs in, com- in companies, January of 2023 were women. So the highest percentage ever. Uh, women are out earning men between the ages of 21 and 29. Women are out educating men. Two women for every one man completing a four-year US college degree by 2030. Even though we have all of that, there's like still a big undercurrent of sexualization for women. And this isn't, I, I'm not saying like this is the patriarchy fucking plowing it on them. Very often, women choose to sexualize each, themselves. themselves or each other. Yes. Yeah, because yeah. it's them largely competing with other women. Now, it may be for the eyes of men, but- if you are hoping for men to not click on a photo that's got boobs or a bum in it, I think you're fighting against like the thermodynamics of like sexes. No, a hundred percent. And a thousand times I've heard girls that, and I have no hate on girls that want to do an OnlyFans or have an OnlyFans. It's not like, oh, you have an OnlyFans? I'm not your friend. It's not, that's not what I'm saying. I'm saying it's not for me and there's ways I feel about it, but that doesn't mean that I'm going to dislike you or I'm going to hate you or judge you for having one. Women say that having an OF or whatever is empowering. And I think for me, it's just hard to grasp how that can be empowering when you're chatting with men all day or having your management chat with men all day. Vietnamese yeah, virtual assistant yeah, chat Surprise, with men guys. If you're, if you're subscribed to an OF and you think it's her texting you. It's her fat manager. Yeah, it's not her. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I I don't know. I I really think it'll be interesting to reflect on this period of monetization for especially women in 10 years, 20 years time and realize that it was either a brief flash in the pan or the beginning of a tsunami of people sexualizing themselves for the price of a cheeseburger per month. I hope it's... I hope it's not anything that has longevity to it, but I could understand how it's appealing for a girl that just has just turned 18, okay? Fully not developed in her brain. Thinks, oh my God, I can make five figures a month. You know, I have, you know, I have 20, 30K on Instagram. I can make five figures a month. I don't have to go to college. I don't have to be in loan for years. 
Um, I don't have to go find an actual job. I can post bikini pics yep. and make equivalent to a teacher or a doctor. That mm -hmm. I could understand how that's appealing. You know what's interesting as well? I think I've heard you talk about this before that it kind of doesn't really matter what you post on OnlyFans either because they've tried to do like comedy on there. I think yeah. Whitney Cummings did a yep. roast. Uh, Burt Kreisch has done some uh, OnlyFans exclusive content. Uh, there's a number of girls that I know who justify or, or, um, their MO is... I post this stuff for free on Instagram anyway. Oh, yeah. Therefore, if I just post more, a higher frequency of the same level of nudity on OnlyFans, that's basically I my morals from Instagram. It's already been there. Yeah. There is nothing different. But the problem, it's a branding problem. I think they say that to like, you know, help themselves feel like better about it, maybe. Mm. Because it's the, for well, for me, I can only speak from my end, but it's the idea of, a paywall platform, you know, getting people's money to show whatever it is that like for me just wouldn't click. Mm. That I wouldn't even if I was posting only gym content and leggings and a t-shirt. Yeah. Just the idea of it's an interesting one. Or chatting with someone. You know, there's been it's other the things. It's the intimacy as well, I think, that's a part of it. Yeah. But so you know how vaping is like every every person is taking nicotine in some form or another? I was having a conversation the other day about how vaping has probably, or the, the retreat of cigarettes and the ascendancy of vaping has probably been a net negative for health because vaping is way more enjoyable than smoking ever was. Yeah. It tastes better. It's cooler. There's you can, no smell. Yeah, no one could know. Exactly. All of this. And it doesn't, smoking, that wasn't so good. I think if you go into the if you start to educate yourself about health and fitness, lots of people are pushing back against vaping too, but I don't think that's really broken into the mainstream just yet. So a lot of people do it. I wonder whether, kind of like how vaping is the thin end of the wedge for nicotine, uh, OnlyFans has become a thin end of a the porn. wedge for porn and for self-objectification. Yeah. I don't know. I, I agree yeah. with you that I, I struggle to see how I I don't know. It's a tight line about the the. I'm liberating myself, and this is this is empowering because you are taking men's money. But is the price of your nudity like a double whopper from McDonald's, and yeah. then if it's Black Friday, it's like it's six chicken nuggets? <laughs> yeah. I don't know. I don't know. And I, uh, it's something that I have like, I have concerns about, and I haven't really worked out my opinion on yet about like what this means long term. Yeah, I think that's really going to be. I think long term, I just think if you start again, I'm not. Sh I it, it sounds like I'm just shitting on any woman with an OnlyFans, which I'm not. Yep. I'm just saying it from the perspective of a girl who's out there thinking about it. I would recommend to not start one. That's the only thing I'm. That's the only way I'm coming at this. I'm not shitting on anyone that has one. I wonder. But, uh, so what, another thing I wonder what it does is I'd seen throughout my twenties girls that were strippers. They really struggled to see their relationship with men as anything other than transactional because 150 times a night they needed to extract resources from this guy yeah. who was down from Edinburgh or had flown in from Dublin or something for a stag weekend with the boys. Maybe he was married. Maybe he was yeah. in a relationship. Maybe he was whatever. And they saw this relationship with men as adversarial, as transactional short-lived and i saw a a struggle in their personal lives to rip themselves out of that 
And then if you think, okay, and that's not even uh, protracted or that intimate, if you don't have the Vietnamese manager that's messaging all of the people that you're with, and it's actually you that's doing the uh, simp admin. Probably fucks with you mentally so how much. How are you able to determine the line between genuine emotional connection and like performative emotional connection? Do you know what I mean? Yeah, for sure. Yeah. I think not just your relationship with men, but like longevity, you know, um, especially because it's something like, you know, it's not the same as like maybe a dancer or whatever. This is all online. Like, I feel like it's something you could never live down. And if you're already an influencer, what they're going to what people are going to address you as like, oh, the OnlyFans girl, you know, it's, it's a stigma that comes across, comes with it. A what, title. What's happening with Fansly? Is Fansly just OnlyFans? Fansly. Have you heard oh, of that? I haven't. Okay, so this is like the Twitch streamer equivalent, I think. I wonder if it it can't there's no way that Twitch would give it partner access or integration or whatever, but Fansly is something else and I'm seeing a different cohort of people. It's mostly Twitch streamers that yeah. are doing that. Um and I feel like it's the same. It's like private messages and and blah blah blah. But yeah, I don't know. Have I, you have you seen the new thing like AI? the AI bots, like you pay per minute to talk to someone and they use your voice from your videos or your online personality to chat with someone. Yeah. So That's the same thing. Like, Yeah. I wonder whether if I was, the guy that made OnlyFans is British, right? He's from Essex. If I was him, when ChatGPT came out and the AI uh, image creator thing, I would have spent as much money as I could. I would have dumped a shit ton of cash into no longer being an agency and instead becoming a tech product. Because if you could vertically integrate yourself back up and not only be the service that people go through, but be the creators themselves by yeah. making the girls and by creating the chatbots and by owning the algorithms and by owning the servers, you cut out, I don't know what the percentage is. Did it take 10% or 5%, whatever. Did they take? OnlyFans? Yeah. They think a lot more than that, I think. What do they take? Is that 15 or 20? Yeah, know. Joe, Should come I on. Well, you, how, how don't Google you know? You're, 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 Joe, you're always on OnlyFans. That's, Only Only, <laughs> that's all that you spend your time. You're always Bro, talking about OnlyFans. Take your money Only out Fan. of OnlyFans and put it into like one of the, the S&P. You want to put it in the S&P? I don't know. I'm not very educated with stocks. I wish I was more educated, but whatever. Tesla. Right. Put in Tesla. Cool. Elon Musk, you get my money. What's next for you? What are you doing next after uni? Like, what are you thinking? What, what's in the next six months to a year? What can people expect? Six months to a year, people can expect that Maybe I'll post two YouTube videos a week instead of one. No, I'm just going to consistently keep doing the routine and like posting schedule that I have been. And then I've kind of always been the type that, you know, I go go with the flow in that aspect and kind of hope that luck plays out and I maybe meet someone that we can be mutually beneficial with. That's most of the reason I even decided to go MBA route was that maybe one of the companies that I'm working with now or that I encounter in the future you know, down the line, they'll want me on the back end. Rather Influencer and board member. Yes, maybe. And I could do the back end and the forefront, you know. That's cool. No plans to release a training plan, a diet plan, an ebook, a portal no. Because I think like whatever works for me isn't going to work for someone else. I think I am blessed with really good genetics because I don't track macros. I don't, um, you know, count calories or whatever. I just, you know, I it took me a while, but I intuitively eat. I don't drink alcohol. I don't drink any of my calories. Um, but 
It seems like, like you're doing pretty well without that at the moment. Yeah. I don't think, I don't want to, right now it's something that's fun for me. I think the second I start counting and tracking, it'll become toxic and I'll. You got to be careful. We had this conversation a lot over the last week. If you really, really enjoy doing something, you have to protect your passion. And if you don't, doing the work at the rate that you're doing at the moment is just going to get progressively harder yeah. over time. And it's, that's fine, but it will change the pursuit from being something that's, fuck, like, yeah, today's uh, rest day and filming day and I'm fired up to do some skits to, oh my God, today's rest day and I still have to work. Yeah. And that framing is an awful lot. And it's like, okay, do you want to turn this into a labor or do you want to keep loving it? And yeah. it's not that you can't do both, but the more that you work and the more that you monetize, the more hard it's going to become, I think. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Fuck yeah, what Sarah Savari. Wait, what's next for you? So I've who, done... Who are you trying to have on this podcast? A few that you have your eye on. A few that I've got my eye on. So uh, have you seen the School of Life YouTube channel? So it's a big, uh, big YouTube channel that did psychology and philosophy it's got about five six mil subs wow. it's really big yeah it's great um and it's run by this dude called alanda botton uh oh, it's not run by him he's like the creator of it now he's got this huge 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 team and uh he was real formative for me so if i had a, a mount rushmore of podcast influences on my awakening yeah jordan peterson sam harris joe rogan and alan uh jordan has been on twice and he's coming back on Sam has been on a couple of weeks ago. I've been on Rogan's, but I've got this elusive fourth guy down here. And I really, really want to bring him on. And he's got a new book coming out. So I'm working super, super hard to try and get him. He's in the UK, but that's fine because I can fly back to the UK. So I got that. We've got a week in the UK with some massive, massive UK uh, guests that I can't wait to film with. Then I'm coming back. I've already said to people that Jordan Peterson will be coming back on at some point this year. So that's going to be very interesting. Got lots to talk about. A couple of returning guests, a couple of new ones. But this weekend's been great. You know, I did this Alex Homozi yesterday, Phil Heath and Rich Roll. This morning, Stan Efferding, you today. Tomorrow, Eric Weinstein, who is like mm -hmm. this super genius MD at Teal Capital. Very interesting dude. Uh, so it's good. Like things are happening and and... It really does feel like we've got the world at our feet at the moment and kind of holding on for dear life a little bit. No, that's amazing. You're going to you're gonna kill it. Thank, Thank you for you. having me on. I'm honored. After all those people you named, I'm honored and that you had... Sarah Safari, no, I'm honored that you had me on. So no, thank you. I appreciate awesome. it. Where should people go? They want to follow you, check out your stuff. Instagram, Sarah Safari. What are you on Snapchat, same? Sarah Safari, yeah. Sarah Safari on anything. Hell yeah. Sarah, I appreciate you. Thank you. Thank you. I appreciate it.